Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons in Christ. And <clears throat> just for this lesson, I, want us, I wanted us to look at just the difference of between below versus above. Below or above. <clears throat> and uh, mark that there. And before we begin with our lesson, our main lesson, I want us to look at our principal verse. It's John chapter 14, verse 20. And this will, I guess, kind of lay the ground for what we're about to cover. So John chapter 14, verse 20. This is the New King James Version, uh, starting with verse 20. Uh, the New King James Version says at, but the original is N, so I'll just go ahead and translate it that way. In that day, there's our term in, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So once again, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And in going over the notes that I had gathered for this lesson, and just considering, I guess, the, the whole of it, I, I began looking at this verse and just thinking, you know what, this is a perfect example of this. Look at these look at these phrases in this verse. In that day, okay, we, we can accept that. In that day, you will know. I am, here we go. This is Jesus. I am in my Father, the Son in the Father, you in me, the believer, his body, the church, in the Son, and I in you, the Son in in the believer, the son in his body, the son in his church. Now, <clears throat> with our natural mind, we cannot conceive of this. I mean, I have a diagram behind us on the board, or behind me on the board, and this is just the way the Lord kind of put it on my heart. I and you, you and me. And that is a picture of of a union that the soul has been brought to, brought into at the moment of new birth by the work of God himself, by the Holy Spirit. All right. So even in the natural, there's really nothing that we can look to and say, this is what it means, or this is the perfect meaning of this. I know that Jesus, um, in speaking in different ways, and sometimes in parables, and sometimes explaining, expounding. Uh, he said this, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Except you abide in me, uh, you cannot bear fruit. And I love this beautiful translation. I think it's the Bible in basic English. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Continue in me as I am continuing in you. And so the emphasis is not upon man and his ability, or the believer and their ability, but upon Christ and Christ alone, the way it should be. And I think that was the Bible in basic 
English translation. <clears throat> but a beautiful emphasis upon the Lord and the Lord alone. And so anyway, looking at this verse, John chapter 14, verse 20, our natural mind cannot conceive of this spiritual union. And look at it this way. All that our natural eyes can see, all that our natural ears can hear, all that our natural senses can take in, and our natural mind, our natural brain can process, is only that which is below in time, found in time, bound by time, by the natural senses. It does not, the mind of man, the Adamic mind, the natural mind, the mind because the Adamic mind, the first man, Adam, there's the Adamic race. Everyone and anyone born in the flesh, that is, if you can see them, they are born of Adam, the Adamic man. So the Adamic mind below cannot reach, cannot come to the eternal mind of God above, who is Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we who are born again, our heart is either submitted to one or the other. Our, our heart is either submitted to the mind, the natural mind of man, the Adamic mind found below, bound below, bound to that which is below, or our heart is submitted unto the eternal mind above. The eternal mind, Christ Jesus himself. <clears throat> I think the Apostle Paul said it this way, but we have the mind of Christ. He was saying, making a statement, and then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. That means those believers, their hearts were submitted unto the mind of Christ versus submitted unto the mind of humanity, the natural mind. With the natural mind, you cannot understand this verse. In that day you will know, I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. No. <laughs> if, we, if we come up with some picture, my brothers and sisters, it would be the equivalent of a Picasso. Uh, it would make no sense. It would be very much abstract art. And it would, in no way, no form, no fashion, represent the true union that is spoken of in this passage. Now, going on, Jesus says this, In that day you will know. And so if the natural mind is bound to the temporal realm below, and the natural mind, even the natural mind of, of born again, the one who is born again, does not reach the wisdom of God, the eternal mind, who is Christ himself, then this day cannot be a natural day. Knowing this union does not come in some natural day. It is not known by the natural senses. Man 
can know the outward. Man cannot know the inward. Example, you can see me, but all you can see is my outward tent. You cannot see my soul. You cannot see my heart. Now, I don't mean my heart like the organ that pumps the blood. No, no, no. I mean the seat of motivation. You cannot see that. You cannot see what's on the inside, but God does. Verse 20 right here. In that day, you will know. So once again, there is a day in which we know. This day, my brothers and sisters, is the eternal day above. See, we, we have no concept of, of eternity because the knowledge of man is bound by time. So all we can think of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and then next week, and then the following month, and then the following year, etc., etc., etc. Well, what of eternity? not bound by time, out completely outside of time, a different realm altogether. You know, our, natural, our natural mind cannot reach the eternal, cannot reach that which is God. Whoops. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, in that day, this day once again is the eternal day above who Christ himself is. I think it was the psalmist who said, the land of the living. Walking in the land of the living. I've, I'm, I'm, forgive me, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, praise, paraphrase the verse. I would have lost heart, except I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is above, brothers and sisters. This is above. All right? Above the knowledge of God is known. Above, there is light. The light of the creation of God. The Apostle Paul said it this way, If any man, if any soul, be in Christ, a new creation. Not the old creation below, but a new creation above. This is the creation of God where Christ himself is the light thereof. The light of the creation of God, the light of the world, the light. All right? This is above. So then, below is ignorance of man. The ignorance of man is known. When the heart is submitted unto Christ the eternal mind above, there is light. When the heart is submitted unto the natural mind, the Adamic mind below, even religious man, even born-again Christian religious man, when the heart is submitted unto the natural mind below, there's ignorance. The ignorance of man is known, which God would call darkness. Now, now please do not misunderstand. Ignorance isn't Uh, All ignorance means is not knowing. Okay, well, not knowing what? Because man 
can go to school and become educated and know a whole lot. I mean, we have these natural tests called your IQ test. And you can know a whole lot. But what, but what natural man cannot, cannot know, could not know, cannot know, can never know, is that, or better yet, him who is above. Christ himself. This is what natural man is ignorant unto. Unto that which is God and of God. Christ himself. Our minds, our natural minds cannot reach the eternal. Impossible. You can look at the example of it in the Old Testament with the Tower of Babel. They, all man, in all man's wisdom in all man's knowledge and in all man's understanding, which is all completely below, darkness once again, they were trying to build a tower to reach God, a tower to reach the eternal. My brothers and sisters, we know this. Impossible. Impossible. It requires a miracle of God for the soul that is dead and has no life, not, not yet born again, it requires a miracle of God for the soul to be able to respond to the invitation of God. To be able to receive the gift of God who is Christ himself. This requires a miracle of God. New birth is a miracle of God. You didn't read some book and <clears throat> or listen to someone speak and say, oh, today I will be born again. No, that it didn't happen that way, my brothers and sisters. Now, in the midst and during reading a book, whichever book that may be, in the midst of listening to a person speak, whichever speaker that may be, the Spirit of God may have done a miracle in your soul for you to be able to respond and receive the eternal gift of God, who is Christ, His beloved Son, Yes, that may have happened, but it was a miracle. It was a work of the Spirit. It wasn't by our ability. Now, having begun in the Spirit, we must continue in the Spirit. If it took a miracle for us to be born again, it will also take a miracle of God, basically what God only can do and what is impossible with man, to know the one we have received. Because remember, with man, whoops, keep on hitting that. With man, it is forever impossible to reach unto the reality of God, Christ himself, and to reach unto the knowledge of God, which is Christ himself. Always requires the miracle of God. So everything below is ignorance, and once again, ignorance is just not knowing. And once again, man knows a lot. We know a lot. I mean, example, the year 2019. This is the year 2019. We have smartphones. We have smart TVs. I mean, we have... Uh, Things that think for themselves. I mean, computer-generated stuff that thinks for itself. 
artificial intelligence. We have all this stuff going on. Man knows a lot. But, but concerning Christ, the beloved son, man, by his ability, by his knowledge, by his understanding, by his wisdom, man is completely ignorant. Requires a miracle of God. That's why you have people of this day and age, people before this day and age, and probably a whole slew of people after this day and age, who will be declaring that, uh, that there's no such thing as being born again, and there's no such thing as God, and that all this and that. and I mean, there's complete ignorance. Why? Well, first of all, I think it's the scientific method, right? Uh, we all went uh, to high school. They, we, in science class, they taught the scientific method. You do this, this, and this, and if all this agrees, then this. You have your result. Then yes, you can say yes, under these circumstances, the answer is true, or under these circumstances, the answer is false. Right? But listen, my brothers and sisters, the scientific method, science, knowledge, is bound to natural knowledge. It's still the Adamic man. Below. And so though we can figure out all these things scientifically, my brothers and sisters, scientifically, we cannot know God. It requires a miracle of God. Man who is not born again receiveth not the things of God. Cannot even know it. No, remember, even for one to be born again requires a miracle of God. The Holy Spirit has to prepare the ground of the soul to, be, to even be able to respond to the voice of the living one. To even have the ability requires a miracle of God for the soul to have the ability to receive, to respond and receive this eternal gift who is Christ the beloved Son. With man, it is forever impossible. Of course, man gets upset with that and says, no, I can do something apart from God. When Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> and that's true. Apart from him, Forever man can do nothing. It's either the, the ability of God or it's not. And if it's not the, by the ability of God, then there is no eternal reality, substance, knowledge, wisdom, understanding present. Either God is the doer of it or nothing is done. So, <clears throat> continuing on. In that day, when by the Holy Spirit, the heart, the attention of the heart is directed above and the heart comes in knowledge by the work of the Holy Spirit from the knowledge of man below unto the eternal knowledge of God above, who is Christ his Son. And you have this verse fulfilled. In that day, you will know. There is the knowledge of God now that the heart is submitted unto and no longer the knowledge which is ignorance of man. In that day you will know, I am in my Father and you in me and I in you.
Now, of course, once again, from one of our very first classes of the first um, of the first part or first uh, semester of this series in Christ. All this is possible, my brothers and sisters, because of this right here. I in you. And the foundation of this is I am in my father. Okay. So going on, let's look. Everything below, with that which is below, with the knowledge below, it is all a matter, it is all an issue, an issue of things. Even for religious man, it is things versus a person. Person, masculine, singular. See, everything below is things. We have the things of God. Even religious man, even born-again man. We have the things below, and then we go from one thing to another thing to another thing. Remember? Multiplicity, plurality. Well, God's purpose is this this week, and next week it's going to be this. Well, this is what it is this month, but next month, or this year, God's purpose is this, and then next year, God's purpose is this. Yeah, but see, that's multiplicity. That's still below. Things, plural, plurality. Verses above, with God, it is not plurality, but one, singular, masculine, specifically Christ, his beloved Son. Now, we know that the scriptures declare many things, many times, many seasons, many places, many peoples, many events. All these things, plural, of the testimony that are testifying of, declaring one, Christ himself. Do you see? So then the things of God, the testimony, specifically the testimony, the miracle signs and wonders that God permits, the messages, teachings, preachings, doctrines that God permits, if any of it is of God, it is designed of God and purposed of God to direct and bring the heart unto Christ, his beloved Son. Singular. So going on. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there we have it. The natural mind, the natural brain does not reach the wisdom of God. Either Man's wisdom below, which is complete ignorance, or God's wisdom above, which is Christ himself. The heart will be submitted to one of two minds, but not both. Our heart is either submitted to the Adamic mind below, or the eternal mind above. One or the other, but not both. Okay. With man, the issue is things, plural, from one to another. With God, the issue is always one, his son, his beloved son. All right. We had looked at, uh, in several classes, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, excuse me, verse 1 through 10, and basically the Apostle Paul, he's making a distinction for the born-again believer, for the one who is born again, 
of what was before new birth and now in Christ Jesus. Now because of new birth. All right. And so you have like verse 1 through 4, you have, you have him go, kind of going back and forth. You were, but now, what was, but now. And then here's the whole issue, my brothers and sisters. Verse 4, but God. Here's that miracle. Here's what only God can do. Because before new birth, man was on his merry way, walking in complete darkness and ignorance, uh, and dead. Could not could not fathom, could not comprehend, would not even come to his mind the eternal impossible. Would not, could not, could never, can never. And yet God steps in right here, verse 4, but God performs a miracle for the soul to respond, for the soul to hear the voice of the living one. But God, who is rich in mercy, because man could never do it, God has to step in. Because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up together, here we go, and made us sit together in, there's our term, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in Cristo, Jesus, right there. Now I want us to just consider this, that there is nothing apart from the person of Christ, my brothers and sisters. Nothing. If you take Jesus, if you take Christ, if you take the Messiah out of the picture, there is nothing. Nothing. Man would continue, as always, dead, having no life at all, having no communication with God at all, having no ability to respond or receive from God at all. The one who is not born again would have completely no hope whatsoever. And yet God created the soul with purpose. He created the soul with purpose, creates the soul for his beloved son, the soul which is the inheritance of the son. God, God did this. God did it this way for his beloved son. Cedar, it's all right. Cedar, Cedar. <laughs> My pup, she's having a dream there. So God steps in. God created the soul with purpose, purpose that can only be found and realized in his beloved son. And it can only be found and realized by God performing a miracle in that soul. For with man, it is forever impossible. Okay, back to below or above. With, <clears throat> with 
with that which is below versus that which is beloved. Uh, and I, I, I know in this in this parable, I think it was a parable that Jesus was speaking, or actually it was just a message of teaching. He said, you cannot serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other, or vice versa. And he was speaking of uh, God versus mammon, uh, riches of the world below. But either way, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot have two minds at the same time. All right? It is either the Adamic mind below that your heart is submitted unto, or it is the eternal mind, the mind of Christ above that your heart is submitted unto. One or the other. And this is this is for one who's born again. See, the one who is not born again, he has, he has no choice in the matter. He is bound to the Adamic mind below. Bound. Cannot escape. Slavery is all it has known. It is bound to that mind. Kind of like the children of Israel when they were, when they were in Egypt among the dead. I mean, there was a whole generation that came in to that, and then they passed away, and a new generation that were born in that, who never knew freedom from that bondage. And that's the way Adamic man is, the one who is not born again. If you told a person that you knew who was not born again, and you said, you know what, you need life, they would look at you and say, you're out of your mind. I have life. But what they call life is not life at all. Because this natural tent, this natural tent that can be seen, this natural tabernacle that can be seen, having a heartbeat, breathing natural air, is not life not the life that God the Father declares, who is His beloved Son. Those of you who are born again, you know what I'm talking about. Because whether we completely and fully knew the life we received at the moment of new birth or not, it was like taking a breath for the first time. It was like walking into literally, literally a new creation that you had never been in before. And therein was found life. Continuing on. Everything that can be seen with the natural eyes this is for those who are not born again and for those who are born again. Everything that can be seen with the natural eyes, whether good or evil, demands, not asks, demands the attention of our heart below, on the earth, in the temporal realm, where there is the plurality of things. Everything that can be seen with the natural eyes, everything. But God, here we go, I love this, but God 
is continually directing the soul, directing the heart above in the heavens, specifically in Christ, a person, a person. Let's see, where was I? I'll go ahead and read this now, and I've got it later on in my notes, but I want to go ahead and read it now. This is Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 7. I'll give you a verse in just a second. Okay. Uh, the book of Acts, chapter 7, basically you have Stephen testifying of Christ, testifying of the Messiah. He's testifying of the one whom he is beholding by a work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see that declared very plainly right here in these passages. Acts chapter 7, verse 54, And when they heard these things, this, this, is, this is the hearers, this is the religious leaders, the rulers, uh, the priests, the probably, probably um, Pharisees were there, uh, probably Sadducees were there, uh, Jews were there, they were present, all Jews, they were all, all being Jews, they were all present, listening to his testimony, listening to the testimony of Christ, which testimony, my brothers and sisters, we know this, is designed of God to direct the full attention of the heart, the full attention of the heart above unto a person. All right. But when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, hitting God, doing what no man can do, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Well, instead of falling upon the rock, the rock's about to fall upon them. But he, I love this, verse 55, but he, but Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if you ever have a question, because I had this several times, and very unfortunately, uh, the question that I had was, was defined by natural man below the natural mind, the Adamic mind, religious mind, below. But if you ever have this question, what does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? What does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? Here you have it. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven above and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. This is what it means when you are full of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Your heart, by that same work of the Holy Spirit, by that same Spirit, your heart, the full attention of your heart is directed above, and your heart is brought in knowledge from the knowledge of man below, the Adamic knowledge, ignorance, unto the eternal knowledge, who is Christ himself. And now it is no longer things, plurality in view, but singleness, one in view. Gazed into heaven above and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Verse 56. Now look at this. Look, what, look at what he declares. And Stephen said, look, I see the heavens 
opened. I think it's in the Old Testament, and I think it's around the time of Moses. Forgive, forgive me, because I didn't look this up then. I didn't jot the verse reference down, or possibly in the Psalms, or maybe even in the Proverbs. <laughs> it's in the Old Testament. It says that, that God would abide in the thick cloud. Basically what that means is that to the natural mind, to the Adamic mind, God is hidden, cannot be known. Example, with the tabernacle and the temple, there was a veil into the holiest of all, the most holy place. And that veil kept man from seeing the glory of God. And he said, Stephen said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Well, they... This is what Stephen saw. He didn't see it with the natural eyes, my brothers and sisters, because there were Jews present that saw nothing, no thing. Just like when Jesus appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, I believe. Saul heard a voice. Saul saw the Lord. Saul, everybody fell down. But not everybody heard the voice of the living one. Not everybody saw the image of God, the true image, which is Christ, his beloved son. Right here, Stephen is the only one whose, only one whose heart is directed above in the heavens unto a person, Christ himself. And Stephen said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Verse 57, and they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. <clears throat> and so, the heart of Stephen, by work of the Holy Spirit, has come from, because Stephen is filled with the Spirit, his heart has come from the Adamic mind below, the knowledge of man below, which is complete ignorance, darkness, unto the eternal mind above, the knowledge of God above, who is Christ himself, wherein there is light. No one else saw, no one else beheld, because everyone's heart was submitted unto the mind of man below, the Adamic mind. Jew or Gentile, my brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter. 
Jew or Gentile. Remember what Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, whether Jew or Gentile. You must be born again, born of the Spirit, born from above, born from the beginning. Remember our term from last lesson. All right, going on. Let's see, where were we? Oh, yes. But God is continually directing the soul and heart above in the heavens in Christ. We see several testimonies of, of this in... Well, a beautiful testimony this where Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking. A beautiful picture of this is with the children of Israel when they were in Egypt among the dead. And there was, once again, there was nothing they could do to escape this bondage. Nothing. It's, it is like Adamic man, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, can do nothing to escape that bondage. Nothing is bound to that condition. The soul is bound to that condition, not possessing life whatsoever. It is a condition that is found among the dead. All right, that's what Egypt, that, that's the, in the scriptures, that is what Egypt testifies of among the dead, okay? And so now you have God, I love this, preparing his people, how? Miracles, signs, and wonders. God is doing miracle signs and wonders, even declaring spiritual realities, declaring reality unto them, but they're still in Egypt among the dead. Before I was born again, my brothers and sisters, before I was born again, maybe you two uh, might have experienced this, but God did several miracles for me before I was born again. I mean, I would actually pray and the Lord would answer my prayer before I was born again. But you know what? Even with all those miracle signs and wonders that he did, the condition of my soul had still not changed. But all that that God was doing by his Holy Spirit was preparing the ground of my soul to be able to respond and receive his eternal gift. And so you find God doing miracle signs and wonders for the children of Israel while they are in Egypt among the dead, and yet they still continue in Egypt among the dead until finally their heart is prepared to such a degree that God sends his lamb. And he says, take now a lamb, every one of you, without spot, and without blemish. It's like God presenting the Lamb of God. Here's the Lamb without spot and without blemish. You're going to kill that Lamb, place the blood on the doorposts and lentils. You're going to go in through the door. And then he says this, and you're going to eat the Lamb. And now the Lamb will be on the inside. And because he's on the inside, the soul is now found above in salvation, above in life, above in righteousness. And the list of terms goes on and on. Peace, love, joy, all these terms, because the soul is now found in 
Christ, the Lamb of God. And so the children of Israel, we know this, they go into the house, they eat the lamb, and the, the angel comes, the Passover angel, and basically says, oh, uh, judgment, death has not come to this house, so judgment and death comes to that house comes to this house right here that sees the blood on the doorpost and lintel. Oh, judgment has already come to this house. So he goes on. All the children of Israel, we know that they came out. They went through the Red Sea, which is a testimony of the burial. So here we have the death. One died, all died. Now the burial with, with that um, testimony of one died, all died, it is in Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 through 33, mainly verse 33, but I like this. I'll read verse 31. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, listen to this, by night. It was night. It was darkness. And said, listen to what he says, rise, go out from among my people. He didn't say go vertically. No, no. Very specifically, the testimony in the scriptures rise. So there, and then verse uh, 33, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. This is while they were still here, after they had uh, slain the lamb and eaten the lamb, for they said, verse 33 of Exodus chapter 12, for they said, we all dead. Therefore, if one died for all, all died. And so now what is dead by, by, by order of the Lord must be buried. All that which is dead goes into the burial. Remember, judgment came upon all. All died. When one died, the lamb died. All died. Therefore, all in the lamb are buried. Now, we know everything went into the Red Sea. Israel goes into the Red Sea. Uh, and in God's mind, Israel is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Let my son go that he may serve me. All Israel goes into the Red Sea. We know in testimony, all Egypt goes into the Red Sea. And we know, my brothers and sisters, that only the Son comes out in resurrection. Now, this is reality as God knows reality to be. And yet the children of Israel, his body, are still with natural feet planted on a natural earth below. And yet in testimony, their souls are in resurrection. What cannot be seen with the natural eyes. Look at this verse, Exodus chapter 19. I'll just read verse one first. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. This is the third month after the death and burial. This is three months after. Verse four, you have seen, this is God uh, speaking to Moses to tell the children, the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Verse four, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and 
I, this is God speaking, I bore you on eagles' wings. Once again, eagles' wings. And brought you to myself. Listen, my brothers and sisters, this is the great testimony of what Jesus declares, that where I am, you may be also. In that day, you will know. I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Apart from that day, my brothers and sisters, we are completely ignorant because our heart is submitted unto the Adamic mind, the natural mind, the carnal mind, the religious mind below, and not yet submitted unto the eternal mind above the mind of Christ. During that time with the children of Israel in the wilderness, God presented them testimony after testimony so that their hearts, just as he did miracles and signs and wonders, my brothers and sisters, to bring their soul unto reality, unto myself, now he continues presenting miracles, signs, and wonders so that their heart may come in knowledge from being submitted unto the Adamic knowledge below, which is complete ignorance, unto the eternal knowledge, the mind of Christ above, which is light. God continues presenting miracles and signs and wonders to prepare the ground of their heart that their heart may be directed above and may come above by the work of the Spirit. From the knowledge of man below, ignorance, darkness, once again, unto the knowledge above, the eternal knowledge, who is Christ the Son. And so we know he gave them the manna, a testimony of the true bread from heaven. We know that they that Moses slew the rock once and the waters flowed and they drank freely. Their thirst was quenched. All these things, my brothers and sisters, to prepare the ground of the heart that the heart may be directed and come by work of the Holy Spirit above. I've said it this way. The Holy Spirit bringing the heart in knowledge unto where the same Spirit has already brought the soul in reality, the moment of new birth. It is always a work of God. It is always a miracle of God and is always the same unto the same end, coming unto Jesus, coming unto Christ, the beloved Son. Always, first in reality, the moment of new birth, then for the knowledge of reality, the knowledge of the new birth, the knowledge of the one who is eternally present in the soul since the moment of new birth. Because remember, my brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul later says this, and that rock that followed them was Christ. God was in the church in the wilderness. I think it was the Apostle Peter who said that. God was present in the midst. They knew him not. They knew they knew not who was present, therefore they knew not unto whose presence 
they had come. My brothers and sisters, we who are born again, except the Spirit of God perform a miracle in our heart, then we know not who is present, and we know not unto whom we have come. But listen, my brothers and sisters, our salvation, our life is not dependent upon what we know, but upon what God the Father knows. Therein is the security of the whole thing, my brothers and sisters, because God the Father knows God the Son. I'll say it this way. God the Father knows our life who is Christ. Therefore, according to God, everything is perfect and complete because His very Son is the perfection and the completion of our soul. Glory be to God. This is awesome. Just another, another testimony here between that which is below versus that which is above. And remember, everything, as so long as our heart is submitted to that which is below, my brothers and sisters, God will do by work of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs, wonders, messages, teachings, doctrines, preachings, everything, everything. For what end? For what purpose? Just like the children of Israel, to prepare them for either receiving the Lamb of God, new birth, or for receiving the knowledge of the Lamb of God after being born again. But it is always directing the attention of the heart that the heart may come above unto the person, masculine singular. All, let's see, the bread, the manna, the water from the rock, all testimonies of Christ to direct the heart above unto Christ himself. Now look at this. Oh, I, lo I love this. Law versus faith, all right? There is no law, this is my comment, there is no law needed where, when, the person, Christ himself, is in view. Now, don't get upset. <laughs> don't get upset yet. Listen to this. There's the statement. Now, listen to this. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 through 6. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Okay, so these are not the days of Abraham. It's the days of Isaac, Abraham's son. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar, verse 2. Then the Lord appeared to him, saying, I love this. See, man is going about his, his own way, even, even born-again man, even the person, even the soul that's born again, going about his, his own way until God steps in. I love that of the Lord. He's, he is merciful, my brothers and sisters. Just Ephesians chapter 2, but God, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. <laughs> We, oh my gosh, if it would not be for the Lord. Gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know where we would be. We certainly wouldn't even be born again, my brothers and sisters. 
I'm thankful that God is merciful. Verse 2, Then the Lord appeared to him, to Isaac, saying, Do not go down to Egypt. Listen to that. Do not go down to Egypt. Do not go down to Egypt among the dead. Live in the land. Oh, I love that. Live in the land. Of course, at that time, Isaac abode in the land. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell. Look at this. Live in the land. Dwell in this land. Live, move, and have your being. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Seed specifically Christ himself. Listen, verse 5. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. In another, uh, in another translation, it's... Uh, well, let me look at that. Let me just go ahead and look it up. Genesis 26. Go into the compare. Scroll down to get to some English. My requirements. That was one of them. Kept my requirements. Completed my duties. Kept my words. Kept my injunctions. This is one verse. Abraham did everything I told him to do. <laughs> kept my charge. Kept my precepts. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Verse 5 again. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my precepts, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Now, Abraham. Hmm. Let's think about this. The law was introduced 400 plus, over 400 years after Abraham. Whoa. Abraham walked by faith in the one who would come. The children, walking by faith, my brothers and sisters, is walking not by what is seen in the natural. No, that's not faith. But seeing the invisible, the eternal, what cannot be seen, whom cannot be seen with a natural eye. Remember what Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. He leapt forward in expectation. Abraham walked by faith. The children of Israel during this time in the wilderness, they are not walking by faith. They are walking by natural sight. 
They have no clue the reality that is taking place. They have no clue the change that has already taken place when God presented his lamb, when they went in through the door that had the blood, when they ate the lamb and the lamb was now on the inside, and because the lamb is now on the inside, their souls are now found in resurrection. Completely no clue, not walking in faith, walking, you could say, in darkness, in ignorance of the one who is eternally present in the midst, but not Abraham. And here God says, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my precepts, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. My brothers and sisters, there is no law needed when, where, the person, Christ himself, is in view. Now, the Apostle Paul says this concerning the law. The law is our schoolmaster. <laughs> For what? To bring us to Christ. First in reality, then in the knowledge of reality. Because in fact, the law, my brothers and sisters, even the Ten Commandments, the very beginning of the thing, the Ten Commandments are the tables of testimony. You can search it out. Tables of testimony. Moses comes down the mountain after being before the face of God, comes down, presents the testimony of God unto the people. The testimony of his beloved son which testimony is designed of God, purposed of God, to direct the full attention of the heart that the above, under Christ himself, that the heart may come from the knowledge and of man below, the Adamic mind, which is complete ignorance, unto the eternal knowledge, the eternal mind above, which is Christ himself. God doing Miracle, signs, wonders, message, teaching, preaching, doctrine. To draw the full attention of the heart and bring it above. This is God in his mercy who does this. And I do want to state this. We covered this in, our, in a previous lesson from our last, uh, from part one, from our first semester. We covered this, but I wanted to read this here again because it's not just about setting your affection as, as Paul says it in Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. It is true, my brothers and sisters, we are to set our affection, but it is above, but it is specific with God. Remember, not things, plural, but unto one, Christ himself. This is the Weiss New Testament uh, expanded translation by Kenneth S. Weiss. For Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, listen, listen to this. In view of the fact, this is reality, therefore that you were raised with Christ, speaking to the church, those who are born again, to me and you, brother and sister, the things above be constantly seeking, here we go, where Christ is on the right hand of God seated. The things above be constantly setting your mind upon, not on the things on the earth, for you died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Whenever the Christ, 
is made visible, our life, then also you with him shall be made manifest in glory. Okay. You're saying, well, Jimmy, you just said it wasn't about things. And then right here it says that your mind on uh, things above. The plurality of the testimony declares the singularity of the substance who is Christ himself. Righteousness. Resurrection. Life. Example. Oh God, let me know your righteousness. Because I'm convinced now that my righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. And God the Father's response is, my righteousness is my beloved Son, who is in you. O oh God, let me know your love, because I have discovered that my love comes short of your love. My love is conditional, where your love is not. God the Father, my love... Speak God, as though God were speaking, my love is my beloved Son, whom is found in your soul. Do you see? The plurality of the testimony declaring the singularity of the substance who is Christ the Son. I love that. But it is always heavens open. Christ is in view. The Son is in view. And nothing less. Nothing less. I did want to read just real quick. I know we've gone over a little bit. But I did want to read this uh, philosophy versus the person. Because, once again, it's not a matter of just setting your affection on things above. It's a matter of the heart being directed and coming by a work of the Holy Spirit from the knowledge of man below, ignorance, unto the eternal knowledge, the eternal mind, who is Christ himself, coming unto a person. All right, this was from uh, the New Testament Bible background commentary for Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. But it, I, I loved this, so I just included it in there, and we were looking at uh, Romans in one of our previous lessons. It says, and you're going to remember this, philosophers often urged people to set their mind on eternal things. This is philosophers urged, often, often urged people to set their minds on eternal things. I mean, higher things of a, listen, higher nature, of a higher realm, rather than on the transitory affairs of this world. Can we say that which is found in the natural? Whoa, that almost sounds like everything I've been saying. Ah, but it goes on. Philo, who was a first century Jewish philosopher committed to, the, committed to both Judaism and Greek thought. He lived in Alexandria in Egypt and held a position of great influence and prestige in the Jewish community there. So he is a Jewish philosopher. Philo condemned those whose minds were taken up with the matters of the body and its pleasures. Philosophers 
divided humanity into the enlightened and the foolish. Oh, wow, Jimmy, that sure sounds like what you're saying. Ignorance, knowledge. Goes on. Judaism divided humanity into Israel and the Gentiles. You're either an Israelite or you're just a Gentile. Paul here divided humanity into two classes. Those who have the Spirit, born again, Christians, and those left to their own devices. It is not a matter, my brothers and sisters, of seeking something higher, because that's where you get into spiritualism. <laughs> Whoa, twilight zone. You know, you can go anywhere you want, and the natural mind does. It goes anywhere it wants, building its, tow its towers of battle, but it never reaches, never reaches the eternal who is Christ himself. This, my brothers and sisters, we know requires a miracle of God, which miracle is performed in God's great mercy. Because man knows not that he needs such a miracle. Man knows not that he was created for such a miracle. Complete ignorance. Complete ignorance. Not ignorance of things, my brothers and sisters. Ignorance of Christ, the beloved Son. So, there you have it, below or above. And above, once again, is not just above. It is above in Christ Jesus. So please present this to the Holy Spirit. As always, may the Spirit of God take that which He desires to take, to do in our heart that which God desires to do. Amen. For His end, for His purpose. The Lord bless you all. We'll see you in our next lesson. Amen.